following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church in Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. So this guy pulls into a truck stop. He's a trucker, and he just pulls in real quick to get a quick meal. And um, so he's sitting there having his meal. And then three bikers come in, and they ride in on their Harleys. They come into the restaurant, and they sit down in the booth across from him. And they just, for whatever reason, they just started to have it in on this guy. And so they're firing off insults at him, and they're saying stuff. They're threatening him and calling him names and throwing a little bit of food over the booth at that, that guy. And, you know, he doesn't say a word the whole time. He just sits there and takes it. And uh, so when he finishes his meal, he gets up, walks over to the counter to the waitress and pays for his meal and then quietly walks out of the restaurant. And so the waitress f- finishes up his bill, goes over to that table where those guys are sitting. And they said, man, what a wimp that guy was. He couldn't take a fight. And he just, you know, we, 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 we showed him and she said, well, I don't know about that. But uh, the guy that just left, he drove off and he ran over three motorcycles. This morning, we're going to talk about a topic that is something that I am very passionate about because I've experienced it in my own life and not just my own life, but I've seen how it has radically touched many other people. And that is the topic of forgiveness. We're in a series now called Real Faith, Real Life, and it's about going deeper in your faith. And one of the most powerful tools that we have in Christianity is this thing called forgiveness. But it's, it's, it's crazy how this is such a misunderstood topic. And there's many people on the earth, we have as many different ideas or concepts of what forgiveness is. And people have all kinds of ideas of what they think it is. But it boils down to two simple issues. One, I need your forgiveness and you need my forgiveness. That's what it comes down to. I need forgiveness, and I need to extend forgiveness. Now, this past uh, couple of weeks ago, uh, this guy really, really offended me bad. I mean, this is we're talking betrayal offense. And I'll tell you, I was so ticked off. I was actually having uh, lunch with my wife and another couple, and it ruined the whole lunch. I mean, we got in the car. I, mean, I, I did my best, but I, this guy, I saw him. I was so furious and so angry. I just wanted to go over. I want to just get a couple pastors and go over and beat this guy up, uh, just do anything I could to him. I was I was just enraged. And so we get in the car, and we're driving home, and I said to my wife, I said, honey, did, did, did my anger ruin the lunch? And she said, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. But have you ever had that feeling, those feelings when somebody does something to you and you, your, your mind just goes and, and, you know, you sit on your couch and you think about how you can get back at them, you know, going over to their house and doing it. Maybe you don't do it or you don't actually carry it out, but you think about it, you know, you plan it out. Maybe you go to bed that night and you dream about how you're going to really get them. And wouldn't it be great if this happened to them or they drove their car off a cliff and died or something Terrible happened to them. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, I also, in this past week, offended somebody greatly. 
I mean, I really blew it. I just absolutely stepped in it. I know I hurt that person. I did the wrong thing. It offended them greatly. And I'll tell you, all I could think about was getting mercy. What could I say to this person? What could I do to get them to forgive me, to let it go, to say it was all right, to say it just didn't matter and you're okay? That's all I could think about. Isn't that interesting? That when we are offended, we want to let them have it. I mean, they, especially when we know they're wrong, you know, when you catch them, I mean, there's no doubt. They, you're busted, pal. You did it. And we sit up on our high horse and we want them to be judged. We want justice. I mean, they've got to make this right. They can't be, we can't let this go on. This isn't right. This guy needs to pay. But when it's on us, when we're the ones who have done something wrong, we don't think that way. We don't want judgment on ourselves. We want mercy. We want forgiveness. All of this began thousands of years ago. And some prehistoric man was sitting in his cave making his stew. And his fellow cave dweller went over and stole his stew. And so he got mad and ticked off and he went over to that other cave dweller and he stole his pig. And so he got ticked off and in the middle of the night went over and he stole his firewood. And he thought, well, you steal my firewood and you steal my stew. And so he went over and got some friends and beat that guy up. Well, his, all of his family and friends heard about it and they thought that wasn't fair. All he did was steal some stuff. He shouldn't be beat up. So they went over and they killed that guy. Well, then his family heard about it and said, you shouldn't kill a guy for just being us. They go over and they kill one of theirs. And he goes back and forth and back and forth, retaliation over and over and over, thousands of years. And the cycle doesn't stop until somebody forgives. So Jesus comes along and he says, okay, you've, th you've heard about forgiveness. You know that it's there, it's possible. Let me teach you real forgiveness. This is the kind of forgiveness that when you forgive someone, all of those feelings go away. So that when you see them in the grocery store or Kmart or at the movies, you aren't thinking, oh, I don't want to see that guy. I don't want to talk to him. Oh, why is he here? All those feelings are gone. And you go up to that person and wish them well. That's real forgiveness. That's the kind of forgiveness that Jesus talked about. Jesus said it's a new way of life. It's a forgiveness that is spiritual. It's a spiritual event. It's a spiritual thing that takes place inside of a person's soul when you forgive. It's a dynamic on the inside. The Apostle Paul in Colossians, he's writing this whole piece on chapter 3 about living the new life, how to live your life, how to imitate Jesus. This is, these are the values that Jesus held. This is how you can live like Jesus lived. Follow him, follow his values. He's going through all of that. And in verse 13, he hits on forgiveness. He says, make allowances for other people's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must 
forgive others. Now, if I were writing the Bible, and I didn't look at the message version, but it tends to be that way, I would say it was something like this. You know, in life, you really have to put up with some people who are idiots, people who are annoying, people who are weird, who get under your skin, people who are stupid and have weird personalities. Sometimes you have to put up with them. Other people, when they betray you, when they stab you in the back, when they hurt you, when they offend you deeply, when they really mess you up, those people you forgive. And you do this all for the sake of Christ because he forgave you. So that's the John paraphrase. Two things going on in this verse. You don't need to forgive everybody for everything. Forgiveness is set aside for offenses. Some people are broken. In fact, if you are breathing this morning, you have some sort of brokenness in your life, okay? None of us are perfect, all right? If you're looking for the most dysfunctional person in the room and you can't find that person, it's because it's you, okay? We all have quirks and weird things about us. And so he's saying, listen, when that, when that applies, you need to make allowances for that person. God's put them in your life to, to grow you, to help you, to teach you how to love, and you find a way to work it out. Now, if that person's your husband, then you should probably call the church on Monday and get counseling, okay? But when somebody offends us, then we pull out that powerful tool called forgiveness and we apply it. Forgiveness applies to the big things. How do you know if you need to use forgiveness or you just need to blow it off? Allow for it. If it's causing a deep issue in your life, you know, if it's something that you can't let go of, it's recurring, you think about it, you dwell on it. Well, that's something that needs forgiveness. Or maybe it's causing bitterness, you know? And you're just, you, you, sometimes you don't even notice your own bitterness, but other people will around you and say, hey, you know, you really got an issue with this guy, you know, or you got a problem with that. And they'll tell you, they'll let you know that bitterness gets inside, forgiveness is needed. Maybe it's hindering a relationship. You got that feeling of walking on eggshells or you're cut off from that person. You don't want to see them or talk to them or you don't like them. You have bad feelings toward them. These are things that forgiveness is needed. And so as we follow Christ, as we imitate Jesus, here are four simple things that you can use throughout your life. Use them all the time to help you walk in this kind of freedom. So I want you to write these down this morning. You've got a pen, and they're real easy. You'll write down all four steps. Keep it with you. Put it in your wallet. Keep it in your Bible. Take it with you to work, because this will radically change your life. I guarantee it. Step number one is to embrace the truth. Now, this can be really hard sometimes because we, I think, as human beings, we love to play games. 
We love to pretend. We love to put on a mask. We love to say it's okay when it's not. Maybe it's out of fear. Maybe it's out of denial or we don't want to deal with it. But we say, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm not offended. Sometimes it's spiritual pride. And we say, well, Christians shouldn't be angry and Christians shouldn't be so weak that they're easily offended. And so we pretend that we're not. Or we don't want to deal with it. We push it aside, push it under the rug. I love this, this the Saturday Night Live skit. They don't do it anymore. But where the, the cook is on there and you know, cuts an artery and the blood's spraying out. You know, and it's like, oh, I've cut the artery. <laughs> and I'm fine, I'm fine. And keeps going on cooking. You've seen that, right? What is with this group? Well, you got to be over 45 to know that? All right. Well, anyway, it was funny. I'm, 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 I'm fine. It's just an arm. It's just a leg. Okay, never mind. But this requires a severe honesty, a severe honesty, and in being willing to embrace the truth and say, you know what? That ticked me off. That offended me. That hurt me deeply. This is what you did. And this is how it made me feel. Sometimes you need to write it down. And, you know, I'll do that occasionally when when I'm wrestling with some issue with somebody. And I'll think about it. I'll write it down. And, you know, I'll realize, you know what? It's just their quirky personality. And I don't need to forgive them. I need to just let it go. It's not an issue that needs to be forgiven. And sometimes you realize, you know what? This has really struck me in my core and I need to deal with this. But it takes that truth of being being willing to look at it, to analyze it, and to say, this is affecting me. I think as guys, it's more difficult for us than it is for women. Um, And maybe that's just a stereotype, but, you know, we like to be tough and strong, and we don't want to break down and have emotions and cry and tell everybody how hurting we are. But if we don't become honest with it, You'll never, you'll never get the forgiveness. You'll never be able to walk free from it. Step number two is to place blame correctly. Forgiveness is not forgive and forget. You'll hear that. You'll hear people say, forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. I think it's a bumper sticker the other day, forgive and forget. That's not the kind of forgiveness that Jesus taught. To forget says it never happened. But it did happen. When Jesus was dying on the cross, God the Father looked at him and said, You're suffering on the cross because of the sin of the world. Literally saying, You committed those things. It's your fault. You did it. Paul tells us that he who knew no sin became sin for our sake. And so God was blaming Jesus for all of our sin. And so he took that blame upon him willingly, and then he suffered and died. He paid the price for all of our sin. So God blamed him. Jesus took the blame. Then by doing that, Jesus then was given the power to forgive. You see, if nothing's been done to you, what are you forgiving? Nothing. If nothing's happened to you, if nobody's done anything that needs to be forgiven, what are you forgiving? Nothing. So you only forgive, you only can forgive, when the blame has been placed. 
So either on you or on the other person, it doesn't, wherever it needs to be, it needs to be. But without blame, there is no forgiveness. So you, we remember what has happened and we forgive. And that's what makes it so powerful. God doesn't go around pretending nothing ever happened. He sees us the way we are and forgives us anyway. Loves us in spite of it. He doesn't play games with it and pretend it never happened. We hear things like, just bury the hatchet or just move on. God doesn't do that. He sees everything the way it is and says, I forgive. No blame, no forgiveness. Step number three is own your own part. In any offense, there's always a responsibility that needs to be held on both sides. And so this is a sticky one because you would say, well, how about an extreme case where uh, a woman is raped? Is it, did she cause it? Is it her fault? No, absolutely not. No woman would want that on herself. But if then that horrible thing that happens to you festers and broods inside of you and begins to develop all kinds of other hurts and deep bitterness inside of you, that will then defile you. And so Jesus literally says, listen, you must forgive. Now you must forgive for the sake of Jesus because he forgave you. So now you owe that back, you forgive, but also to set yourself free. Forgiveness, when you forgive someone else, you are setting yourself free from what they have on you, from what they did to you. And the more drastic and painful that offense was, the more difficult that process is, the more it will cost you. You know, I had one person in my life, a close family member, very close family member, not my immediate family, really betray me. It took me nine years to forgive him. Nine years. And so sometimes it's a long process of walking in the steps continually day after day, month after year. You know, don't wait nine years. Don't be like me. But it's that process that we go through and we have to own our own part of it. And maybe my part is the process. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus told a story, and we call the story the unmerciful servant. And in that story, this guy owed his master a million dollars, and he couldn't pay the debt. And so he came to the guy, and he said, I'm sorry, I can't pay. Please, please have mercy. And he says, okay, mercy, you don't have to pay. Not a payment plan. Wipe it out. You no longer owe it. Then that guy left there, went and found a friend who owed him 50 bucks, grabs the guy by the throat and says, pay up. You owe me 50 bucks. The guy did the same thing. I'm sorry, I cannot pay. Have mercy. He said, no, pay up. The guy was thrown in jail because he couldn't pay the 50 bucks. Well, the other guy, the master, originally heard what had happened and called the guy back in. And this is what he said to him, verse 32. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. 
And this is the key verse right here. Remember, this is Jesus speaking, and he said this, verse 35. That's what my Father in heaven will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. Now that's a chilling end to that story. Because that wasn't a joke. Jesus wasn't playing around. That wasn't a suggestion. He said, listen, folks. If you don't forgive, you choose not to. Now, my nine years of not forgiving my brother, I wanted to forgive. I was trying to forgive. I was walking in that process. It took some time. But if you say, I won't forgive, I refuse to forgive then God will allow you then, what do you say? To be tortured and in prison until he paid the entire debt. And maybe that is nightmares. Maybe that is intense stress. Or you're worrying about this whole situation that's going on. Maybe it develops an ulcer and you get sick. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know how God will deal with each one of us. But if we will not forgive, then we will face this, as Jesus said in the story. No one deserves forgiveness. Forgiveness comes out of grace. You don't earn it. You don't say, well, he didn't deserve to be forgiven. You're right. Nobody does. Nobody does. You don't earn it. That's why it's so costly to give it away. Because they don't earn it. They don't deserve it. And step number four, the last step is take it to Jesus. And I literally mean that to sit down with God in prayer and sit down with him and say, Lord, this is what happened to me. This is what they did. And this is how it made me feel. And I need your healing touch on my life. Touch me, God. Heal me. Heal the wounds and make me whole. I release this person from my judgment. I don't want them to hurt. I don't want them to be destroyed. I don't, oh Lord, give them mercy. I want mercy, give them mercy. And release that person from you wanting them to pay. They don't, you don't have to pay. You owe me nothing. That's forgiveness. And I can remember there were seasons of my life where I did that every day and sometimes every hour. It depends on how bad it is, like I said. So who do you need to forgive? I think the Lord is speaking to some of us this morning, and you know that person's name already. When we talk about needing to forgive or wanting forgiveness, that name just pops right in our head. And God was speaking to you this morning, maybe he is, about forgiving that person. And like I said, it's not a quick prayer. It's not magic. It's supernatural. But it's not magic. So you're not going to just say, well, I forgive my boss and be done with it. No. It's a process. There are steps involved. But if you desire that today, you'll set yourself free. God wants you to forgive so you can be whole. It's for your sake. You know, why does God want to forgive us? 
because he doesn't want to carry all that junk either. He will set himself free from that. He wants to be free just to love you and enjoy you and be a part of your life. So he lets you go. And so he wants you to walk in that same kind of freedom. When you are constantly carrying those burdens and those grudges and those insults and those hurts, it puts you in prison. And God wants you to be free this morning. So I ask you, point blank, is there someone, someone's name that has come up in your mind? And if so, would you this morning be willing to start that process of forgiving them? And maybe you would still say no. Maybe you would still say, no, I'm not ready. It's too painful. I cannot forgive my father. I cannot forgive my mother. You know what? That's okay. <laughs> Let those seeds still grow in your heart and at least consider it. Would you at least consider it and go home today and think about that? Especially on a day like today, as Amanda said, you know, I grew up in a very angry household. My father was so furious. He was mad at the world. And uh, so you live in that kind of abusive, uh, you know, terrible household. You cannot wait to get out. But the problem was when I went and married my own wife and started my own family, I brought it with me. So then now I'm taking it out on all them and I'm the meanest jerk there is and angry. You know, after seven years, Joy and I were about to split up and call it quits. Now, thank God somebody came along and said, hey, can we help you and show you how to forgive you know what my first thought was? I don't have anybody to forgive. <laughs> I'm cool. Really, John? Well, tell me about your relationship with your father. Oh, he's a loser. <laughs> oh, he is. Okay. <laughs> then I began this process. Forgive my dad. Forgive my wife. Forgive myself. Forgive God. I was ticked off at him for a few things. And you know what happened? My life was radically changed. I tell you, it felt like being born again all over again. And that was about 15 years ago, wasn't it, hon? 15 years ago that we went through that process together. And said, we haven't had a fight since. You know, well, that's weird. <laughs> it's true. We've had some arguments, right? We disagree. She doesn't do everything perfectly. She doesn't know how to put toilet paper on the roll right. But I make allowances. I make allowances. She would say, I don't know how to order food at the fast drive-in, drive-thru. Because uh, if anybody orders wrong, I get really uptight. I do not like that. So I have an issue. But maybe God is speaking to you this morning about somebody. And I hope that you will take this to heart. You'll take these four steps and you'll do something with it this morning. 